Welcome back to the Our View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Paul Amadeus Lane. Paul is an accessibility consultant, TV and radio personality, a brand ambassador, and a keynote speaker. Join our conversation as we discuss what ableism means to us and the importance of accessibility in the world of technology and gaming. So I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Hour View podcast, where we aim to raise awareness, educate, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. Today, my guest is Paul Amadeus Lane, and I love your name. It just, <laughs> it's so great. Um, so Paul, welcome to uh, the podcast. Thank you for your time today, and I am looking forward to our conversation. Well, King Arthur, thank you. <laughs> for, uh, be, be in your court with the Knights of the Round Table, and I'm enjoying uh, being with you, my friend. Yes, yes, it's so great to uh, meet you virtually, as I have uh, have been saying to all of my guests, because that's the only way I've been meeting them uh, since I started the podcast. And um, it's it's great to connect with you, and um, looking forward to uh, our conversation today. So for um, for our listeners, could you introduce yourself and tell us who is Paul Amadeus Lane? <laughs> wow. In a nutshell, you know, I'm just a, a pretty weird guy who who's very <laughs> creative. Um, I was involved in an automobile accident a little over 28 years ago. So I just celebrated my 28th year um, of my accident and uh, being a wheelchair user. And I am... Um, I'm in the media world, that's what I do for a profession, as well as accessibility consulting for the video gaming industry and the um, tech industry as a whole. I host several shows, entertainment show, a tech show. I do uh, the hosting for the podcast for United on Wheels. I also sit on the United Spinal Association Tech Access Group. Um, I'm sure there's some other things, but I, I try not to think about it so much because if I do, I get scared and, and get overwhelmed. <laughs> but but I, I'm, I've been, I'm married. Um, be married to my wife, Ray. Um, it's been 25 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm wow. <laughs> 25 years. Um, and I live in Southern California. Um, I love video gaming. Uh, I love creating. I love music. And that, that, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that you uh, were in an automobile accident and you uh, uh, occurred, uh, incurred a uh, spinal cord injury. Can you talk about um, what that means for you, how that uh, spinal cord injury impacts your life? You know, it was really crazy. Um, it was, I became a quad. Uh, I'm a, a C6 seven quad functional level around six area, five, five and a half area functionality. And it's, it started off weird uh, because, you know, I think all of our mindset, especially ones who have had a disability because of an accident and not, not being born, 
is that we always feel we're going to get better. We're going to step out. You know, we 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 hear of like miraculous recoveries, uh, such as like when uh, NFL player Dennis Berg when he regained his and most of his functions and things like that. You know, you, you feel that that's going to be you, but you find out right away that it's a good chance it's not going to be you statistically. And then you have to learn how to accept, but also reinvent yourself. And if you don't do that at a very quick, very quickly, you can take yourself down a downward spiral uh, that you won't want to do anything. You won't want to socialize. You won't want to live. You just want to stay into your feelings. And that's what happened to me in the beginning. You know, I had to, I had to reach that point where I had to say, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to be the best at what I can be in my situation. And of course, you know, I still have ups and downs. We all do. I mean, mood swings is human. You know, we all, we all have, them. you know, it's have my good days and bad days, but you know, it was, it was weird at first, but I, you know, I learned how to adapt and make, just make the best out of it. Yeah, that is, um, that's so true. Cause even, uh, even for myself, I've had my disability all my life. I was born uh, with spina bifida. And like you said, we all have ups and downs and good days and bad days. And sometimes the bad days are really bad and you just, <laughs> you know, you don't, uh, you, you want to be by yourself and isolate yourself, but, uh, at the same time, you know, that's not good. And, and you do have to, uh, I think it's it's good to allow yourself that time, but then also make sure you don't stay there too long, and uh, snap out of it, and uh, just surround yourself with with good people, and uh, that will encourage you and and allow you space to have that time. But then also again, tell you like, okay, like it's it's time we start moving, <laughs> you know, move through this, and, and let's uh, let's keep it moving and, and get back to who who they know that you can be uh, as a person. So it's interesting to hear um, the progression of when you were first injured and, and to now how you, um, you know, like you said, you want it to just be, be alone and, and kind of uh, by yourself and, and just uh, getting out of that and working through that. And, and it's a, a continuous thing. I, I think for sure, for me, it's, uh, you know, it's a, a, a daily, uh, a daily struggle to uh, make sure that you keep, keep moving and, and try to stay as positive as possible. So, um, so when you introduced yourself, you mentioned a lot of great, cool things that you do um, <laughs> that I am uh, not, um, that's just not my, um, my gifts are not in, in those areas. <laughs> so um, can you talk about, um, you're, you're a radio host, correct? Uh, so how, how did you become uh, interested in radio and broadcasting, and uh, I'm I'm brand new to this podcasting. That's about as close and as as I'm probably going to get to radio. Uh, and I just started in June of of 2020, so I'm, I'm still learning a, a whole lot. And uh, but I find it fascinating for people that are uh, in that field. So can you just talk about how you became interested in uh, radio and broadcasting in general? The sure thing. Uh, it's either a a gift or a curse, right? So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it as a gift. But yes. um, I am, um, it was interesting. It was 
the year was 2000. I had a friend of mine who started doing a radio show. And I was like, yo, how did you get on the radio? What did you do? And he said, you know what? I found one radio station that sold time and I created my show. And I was like, you know what? I want to do that. Wow. So, so, so what I did was um, I, I created a show uh, called Meeting the Challenge. And it was cent centered towards our community, the disabled community, Meeting Challenges <laughs> as a whole. Um, so I had that for about three or four years, but it got expensive to do things like that. So I decided, I said, you know what? I want to go to school. So I don't have to pay to be on the radio. I want to go to school so I can get paid, you know, to be on the radio and work in the work in the media field. So I, yes. I went to the Academy of Radio and TV Broadcasting in, in 2006, and the the journey almost never started. Um, I remember meeting with the the ones who run the school, the administrators, and they were like, "I don't know if this is for you because." There's not a lot of people getting hired working in the radio or the television field who are in wheelchairs. So basically they were telling me I was wasting my money. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't mind, you know, just give me a chance. They were like, well, not only that, there's one segment of the curriculum. You're going to fail because your fingers don't work. You won't be able to splice tape. So this is how far back it was. They were still splicing tape, but it was, yeah, phased out right after that but um so they were like this is not for you so i was like all right baby it's not uh but i had some tragic turn of events that happened around uh, the 2005 2006 year where i was like i hit rock bottom in my life you know i was like what am i gonna do and i said you know what? let me contact that school again and i'm gonna tell them it ain't no way in the world you're going to deny me being in the school because if you do, we'll have some problems. So <laughs> I, I went up there, talked with them, and they accepted me in the school. And I learned all the ins and outs of the radio industry, um, television industry, from management to production to promotion. They taught us the whole gambit of, of radio. Then came that time when I had to go to that module that they said that I was going to fail uh, because of my disability. Well, I, I failed, but th this is, this is the, 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 the trip thing about it. I have my grade point average so high that even failing that module, I still graduated with honors. So it was... <laughs> It was one of those things that when I got when I got there in that school, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to succeed. I am going to break the mold when it comes to this. And then I graduated, and now the real work happened. Trying to get a job, right? Uh, I was turned down because of the chair. They would even they would they would never tell me that because of uh, being a, a federal license they have to have at stations, and they would lose that for disability for discrimination against a this, this disabled person. But um, when I wouldn't get hired, I was dejected. I was like, well, this maybe I won't work in this industry. So I started to put into practice. I put it into place, doing my own thing, doing my online, online radio. And this is when it came out around that time, right when I was just about to get my playlist together and everything. Uh, my placement director at the school called and said, hey, CBS Radio 
has an opening for a news production assistant at their station, KFWB. That's one of was one of the largest news stations in, in in LA. So I was like, all right, I'll go anyway. Um, so I went there, filled out the application. The guy came down, gave me the application. Remember, I'm a quad, so I can't I can't scribble or anything. So gave me the application. I'm so happy that my wife went with me. Because I almost told her to leave and I'll call her when I'm ready to get picked up from my interview, but she stayed there. I'm so mm-hmm. glad she stayed there. That's, that's another reason why, why she was the right person to marry. She stayed there. And when I got the application, I said, how am I going to fill this out? So I told the receptionist, I had to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. So I rolled down to my car, told my wife, can you please fill this out? <laughs> she filled out the application <laughs> so fast. I zipped back up the elevator, went to the room. And the manager was just like, where did you go? I said, I had to go to the bathroom. And, you know, I kind of had some rumbles in the jungle, so I had to get to the situation. But to make a long story short, I got hired. They hired me there. And that really started my career um, getting paid in, in the radio business. <laughs> That's really great. And I, I love a lot of the parts that you talked about where, you know, they and it's such a shame because it happens to a lot of people with disabilities where they count you out before they even give you a chance and you know telling you uh, from the door well you're going to get to this one module and you're going to fail even if you were at least let you let you do it you know that that's the thing where again my mission is to change this tone of conversation where because they see you in a in what they perceive as a, a particular uh, situation, it's like, oh no, you can't do it because of this. Don't say that to people. That is like, it's so wrong to say it to people. And uh, and then, as you mentioned too, just thinking that you know you you possibly uh, wouldn't get a job because of of the chair and and being denied jobs because of the chair. But of course, like you said, they can't tell you that. Um, they can't <laughs> they can't say that out out loud. Uh, because of the repercussions that exist because of discrimination. And it's, um, it's such a shame because the, the work that you do and the work that other people do with disabilities, like the talent that we, we have is, um, needs to be shown and, and showcased, but we're often denied these opportunities before we are even given a chance to ask for a, a reasonable accommodation where you know, it would help us make, make the job easier for us. So um, it's a great story that you uh, were able to persevere through. And I love that you said that even though you failed uh, that module, you still had a, a grade point average that was so high, you still still were able to finish. Like, yeah. so that know, is... I, I wasn't going to be denied, Arthur. You know, it's like, I've mm-hmm. always had that type of attitude. It was since I was younger, like when I wanted something, you know, and, and not, not, not doing anything nefarious to get things, but when I wanted something, I'm not going to be denied. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep going. You know, I'm, I'm just going. That's right. Just me. Just me. <laughs> yep. And that's, I, I think as um, you know, certain, certain human beings, regardless of uh, disability diagnosis or not, some people are just built that way. Like, okay, yeah, you can tell, you can tell me no. <laughs> you can try to tell me no <laughs> or tell me I can't do something, but yeah, I'll show you how I can do it. And I'll show you how, Although I might have messed up this this one time with something, I'll come back and I'll come back ten times stronger, and I'll I'll make it happen. You know, like let's let's do this, let's make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> I could definitely. My mom always told me, "Hard head makes a soft behind," so you knew kind of 
kid I was, I was always hard headed. So I, I still got that trait. So. <laughs> but, and it, and it works, you know, in situations like that, it, it works and it, it pays off for you. So, um, you know, definitely I've, I've heard that uh, saying as well. <laughs> Uh, one other thing that you mentioned that was really, um, really, really great and and um, interest interested me uh, was that uh, your interest in the technology and accessibility of uh, technology products and in the video gaming uh, world. I've never I've never been a, a gamer. I've never been interested in it. Um, Growing up, I grew up in the 80s, so that was like the Nintendo era and the Sega Genesis in the early 90s. My cousins always had those, um, you know, those those game things and with Mario and then Sonic with uh, the Sega Genesis. Yeah, and I would love to play it um, whenever I, I went to visit, you know, their house or, or, or something like that. But I've never, um, I've never been interested <laughs> in uh, the gaming the gaming world. So um, how did you become interested in that? And can you talk about the work that you do as far as um, helping uh, companies with uh, accessibility features of uh, products and uh, the gaming consoles and, and all of that? You know, I, I've always uh, loved video gaming, you know, <laughs> from the little Mattel games we used to have growing up to, <laughs> You know, like I said, Super NES, Atari. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've always been in, been involved with them. And um, after my accident, it took me a time to get back to gaming because I thought I couldn't game. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that I would be able to game, you know, using like different aspects of my body instead of my fingers, I can use my chin, I can use my lip, and everything. Mm -hmm. I it's like a loss, loss, a good friend that I haven't seen in a while. You know, something was missing and I found it. So when I got into the, the broadcast industry, I would cover different events like uh, CES, um, E3, all these different events. And E3 is a, the big gaming convention and CES is the big uh, electronics convention that's in, that's in Las Vegas every year. And I would cover these different events. And when I would interview folks at the event, I would always ask them, well, you know, can people who are disabled use this? Can, you know, I'd always bring that into the, into the conversation, even though it wasn't an interview that was structured around accessibility or inclusion. I always made, uh, made it a point to bring that up, you know, when I was interviewing ones. And mm -hmm. based on conversations that I had with ones and my interactions with them, people would reach out to me and say, hey, Paul, what do you think about this? What we're, what we're making, you think? somebody with a disability can use this. And from that, it just parlayed into me working with companies. Um, I work closely with Sony PlayStation on, on some accessibility things that they have done um, with uh, their, their big gaming uh, developer, Naughty Dog. Um, I work closely with them. I was part of an award-winning game that won the first um, accessibility award at the Gaming Awards this, this past year. Um, wow. There's some other things on the horizon that due to NDAs, I can't talk about, but mm -hmm. it's um, just being able to use my experience as someone who was an able-bodied gamer to now a disabled gamer. You know, I think that that gives me a fresh perspective at looking at things like 
how would a person approach this? And I always, whenever I work on any projects, I always think of ones who have less abilities than what I have. You know, it works for me, but what about the next person? What about the person who is a full quad who can only move their, their neck and have to use like a, a bite stick to play video games? So mm -hmm. I'm always thinking of that. And even like in the tech world, whenever I help tech companies as well too. Um, and one thing that I've noticed, Arthur, is that when we create things in the tech world or the video game industry, make it easy for our community to play, it makes it easier for all communities to play easy too. You know, I was I was looking at a commercial night before we and I talked. Um, this one um, furniture company was had this one desk that was an elevated desk that you can bring up and bring down. And I'm like, they got that from our community right there. And now everybody is using that technology. So right. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is help companies and organizations to see when you think of us, you think of everyone because everyone wants things to be easier. So when mm -hmm. they start looking at, at us, uh, I, I know there's a phrase, nothing without us about us, but my phrase is nothing for us without us. Meaning we need to have that input. We need to give you our feedback. We need to be a part of research and development so that you represent our community 100%, not what you think that we need, not what you think that we want, but have us be a part of, of the decision process and sharing you sharing our input right at the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's so true that when you, when you do, when you think about, um, or, or when you uh, are accommodating those who have disabilities, it's a benefit for everybody. I, you know, it applies in the world of gaming and it applies, it applies in so many places, like you said, in the workplace with the, the desk and the, the, the desk that, that elevate and, and you can adjust them to uh, certain heights. And it, it made me think of, um, of restaurants and tables where the table is supposed to be a certain number of inches off the ground, but that isn't always accommodating for someone in a wheelchair because a lot of times our cushions that we sit on put us at a higher level. So we can't slide right under the table and sit in our chairs. Uh, you know, sit in our chairs at, at a, a dining table in, in a restaurant. So it's, it's now, something that- Arthur, I want uh -huh. to something about that right quick if I can. See, uh -huh. I'm six foot six and I have a, probably about a four or five inch cushion. So imagine right. me under a table. So I, I definitely get what you're talking about, about that restaurant. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, so, and, and of course they're not breaking the law because the table meets the whatever 32 inch requirement or something. Same thing with door frames. Uh, a lot of times there are people who have uh, extra things on their wheelchair. So although the door frame meets the ADA standard requirement of being a certain width, you know, we need that extra, <laughs> we need that extra two inches just to fit, uh, using myself as an example, my wheelchair uh, wheels on my chair, they kind of go out. They kind of like go out on an angle at the bottom. So I can't fit in through certain door frames because my wheels are uh, the way they are uh, splayed out. It just uh, <laughs> makes my chair a little wider. So uh, it, it, it does. And same thing with ramps. If, if you put a ramp in, everybody can use a ramp. You know, every, everybody can use a ramp. Not everybody can walk up steps. So it's uh, just in improving things and accommodating people with uh, disabilities is something that 
is uh, beneficial to all. And I, I love what you said where you try to approach things and, and look at things from the standpoint of someone who has uh, less ability than you do. Because for me, I, I walk with like braces and crutches and I use a wheelchair, but um, you know, it's difficult for me to walk around in, in some places and, and uh, some stores and, and where there's a floor that are, that are like tile or something like that that could be wet. Um, it's, it's very difficult for me to uh, walk through those. And then on the opposite side of that, uh, places that have like old thick carpet is hard for me to wheel my wheelchair through that as well. So <laughs> it's just, um, you know, having people at the table with disabilities to talk about these things and to include us in decisions that will impact us, uh, just like they will impact the rest of the community uh, that they are serving. And um, it, it's really great. I, I loved hearing how you said you um, can use different parts of your body to uh, play the video games and how, you know, and just, just being a part of that conversation of how they can make things a little better, a little easier for those um, who have to use a, a stick or something like that, that they have to uh, use to play. I, I interviewed, um, I forget how old he is. I, he's um, probably going into high school soon. Uh, his name is Kai. He has uh, cerebral palsy and he uh, he's a gamer. And he was, uh, when I interviewed him, he was talking about starting his own YouTube channel about gaming with uh, having cerebral palsy. And uh, he was talking to me about it and he was like, well, I don't know if I can do it. I said, of course you can do it. I said, you play video games, don't you? I said, you're, you're a gamer, aren't you? And he said, yeah. I said, but like, I said, listen, you, you do it, you put it out there, the right people will see it and you'll be, you know, you'll be great. And people will look at you and respect you for it, for figuring out how to play it with your, with your diagnosis. He's like, all right, I guess I'll try it. And um, in the course of that conversation, I also committed to trying sled hockey with him. So <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how, uh, I told him I would try it. If, if they were playing this year, I told him I would come out and try it at least once <laughs> at almost 40 years old. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really great again, um, having these conversations and being able to, um, interview, uh, people like yourself who are doing an incredible things to me because I have no, uh, my, my talent is not in that area again. Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely uh, look, uh, look, at, look at you and, and see, you know, see that as being amazing, uh, the work that, that you're doing. So it's uh, really great to hear all the, the whole process of how you um, got connected through your, you know, your radio job and, and um, you know, your, your broadcasting job and connecting and going to do interviews at these conventions and uh, turning that into something else and, and something more. <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I really do. And, um, you know, you know, I, I, I consider it a, it's an honor and a privilege, you know, to, to be able to use my voice and to be a part of mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, um, to wrap up our conversation, uh, I always like to uh, ask uh, this form of a, question and that is uh what is most what is most often misunderstood about your disability diagnosis or 
about people with disabilities in general? People not understanding the limitations. Hmm. And, and also, I may make a lot of people mad with this, but like with, but like with ableism. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a problem with ableism, you know, because like I said, I've been in the game for a long time, 28 years. You know, I've been, I've been where people would not, would not um, give us acknowledgement. I've been where people have not recognized us and our contributions. I've been where people would not even acknowledge us being there. So the fact that, that, that people now want to acknowledge us and say, hey, you're pretty cute being in that wheelchair. You know, I, I really don't have a problem with that because I came from a time when they didn't even give that to us. So mm-hmm. I, I think some of the misconceptions out there when it comes to the community is that don't think that every one voice speaks for the community. Right. All of us have different uh, the diversity, all of us have, you know, different views, just like all of us, you know, you get mm-hmm. in a room, you know, yeah. like not all black people think the same, not all white people think the same, not all gay people think the same, not all straight people think the same. All of us have our own individuality. So I don't like when people think that, that one person represents us. Mm-hmm. We all represent each other, you know, and whatever our voice is, that's how we feel about certain things. So. Like I said, I may make some people mad, but you know, I, I come from a time, 28 years in this game where it was rough for us, really rough for us. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that we feel that one person speaks for us, like me, I don't speak for our whole community, I speak for myself. Right. But, you know, I would just say that we all are diverse individuals and have our own individualities and our own likes and dislikes. And we are, we are people just like everyone else. Yeah, and that is so true because we all we all bring our own life experiences to a situation. And you know, where you and I are both a people of color, but you know, like you say, you know, not all black people think the same. <laughs> so, and I have lived a different life than you have lived. So, where you might see something one way, I would see it a totally different way because I didn't have the same experience that you have had in in your life so that I think that's a very great distinction to make um it reminded me of uh the talk about inspiration porn where it's the people feel non-disabled people feel inspired by someone with a disability just because they have a disability and um uh I've heard and I've used the example myself of someone calling me saying uh, oh you're so inspiring just because I'm out uh grocery shopping or something like that, doing an, an everyday type of uh, situation, going to the store to get food or or whatever, just a, a daily activity that other people do that everybody does. And I heard um, a, a new friend of mine that I met on Clubhouse recently, his name is uh, Nathan Todd. He said, um, he said something to the effect of, uh, he doesn't have a problem with uh, someone saying that, that he's inspiring because he said that says something about him, like he's showing up in the world in such a way that these people are inspired by him. He said, and and he's okay with that. I, I heard that. I said, oh my gosh, like that's so true. <laughs> he said, it makes him think, what is he doing to show up and to put out that energy in the world that someone can look at him and say, 
wow, I know you're just food shopping, but like, that's pretty awesome and pretty inspiring. You know, <laughs> think about this too, Arthur. It's like, shouldn't we leave somebody in a better mood than what we receive them anyway? Right. You know, so if they are inspired by us, let them be inspired. I'd rather them be inspired than be intimidated by me, than be scared of me, than right. not want to come and approach me. And, and, it's, and it's, it's like, I, I think when we just view things from that prison, we have no idea what that person went through. That person might be a victim of domestic violence. That person may have just got a diagnosis of, of, of stage four cancer, or maybe right. a family member have, and they're just mm-hmm. looking for some inspiration. Right. We are able to, to provide that inspiration. Mm-hmm. We should all embrace that with open arms. Like if this, if this is our, our, our um, contribution to the world, let's embrace it. Let's do it. You know, that, that's how right. I feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, um, and it was, it was so funny because that's how I felt. But when I heard him say that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, that's what I've been trying to articulate. Like, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay with it because I, I see it as um, if, if I'm out at the store going grocery shopping, I don't see any other person in a wheelchair that's grocery shopping. So to, to a stranger that does look inspiring, like, wow, he's out here by himself grocery shopping like I've never seen someone in a wheelchair grocery shopping before so it's like okay like I I understand it because I don't see too many people that look like me grocery shopping either so uh just trying to uh see myself trying to see myself outside of myself like from their point of view it's like okay yeah I can see where that might look uh heroic or you know inspiring or something like that like okay um so yeah that that's really um really great. And I, I think those are two ableism and the inspiration porn that I mentioned. I think those are two uh, really big topics more uh, more recent in recent years where, uh, as you said, people feel like one person who, who talks about either of those topics speaks for the broader uh, community of people with disabilities. And it's like, no, that's not always true. And uh, we all bring our own life experiences to a, a situation and, uh, and, and we have to be respected and honored for that, uh, for our diverse uh, backgrounds, our, our, our diverse upbringings and, and experiences. So uh, thank you for, for mentioning that. I appreciate it. <laughs> but this, uh, yeah, this has been a great conversation. I've really, um, you know, really enjoyed it. And um, California is one of my favorite places to visit. So when I am allowed to travel and find myself back in uh, Southern California, I will be sure to connect with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And King Arthur, you'll be able to knight me then, okay? Yes, definitely. Yes, we have to do that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so this is this has been a great conversation. And, um, and, and I will gladly say this out loud. My Zoom connection was not working. Uh, for this interview. So we <laughs> had some technical difficulties, but we worked through it and we uh, made this happen today. So I'm very uh, grateful for that and grateful for your time today and for the uh, information and, and knowledge that you shared uh, on the podcast today. And I know that uh, the right people will hear this and um, and hopefully, you know, find uh, find a way to be inspired. I'm hoping that someone is... is um, 
is hearing this, some, one of the listeners is hearing this and finds a way to be inspired and hearing your story of how, you know, they, they tried to count you out for certain things, but you kept with it. And uh, just the determination that you showed to um, reach your goals of what you knew you were capable of doing. So um, I think that's a really big thing that uh, that we, we need to uh, stress and celebrate as well, because people, you know, no matter what, if you have a disability or not, you will face challenges in, in life. And um, it's, it's the fact of, yes, disappointment comes and, and hurt comes with, with all of that and with living and just in general, but to uh, keep going and, and to really strive to achieve uh, your own goals, whatever they may be, I think is a, a great message for, uh, for this episode to uh, encourage people to just uh, keep going. <laughs> I appreciate that. Remember, teamwork makes a dream work. That's right. <laughs> so Paul, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And um, I'll definitely be in touch. And I look forward to, like I said, meeting you in person and uh, hopefully collaborating with you again on uh, some things in the future. <laughs> Sounds good. I would love to go look for Excalibur with you, Tamarca. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, we have to. <laughs> We're going to Vegas, everybody. <laughs> Oh, wow. But thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I will, I'll definitely be in touch with you soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. Leave us a review wherever you listen and let us know what you liked about this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for more disability related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four L-I-F-E. If you listen to this episode on your phone, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and be sure to tag us. We thank you for listening and take care.